You're listening to Interviews, the podcast that cracks the entrepreneurship code. I'm your host, Laurent Autain. I'm an entrepreneur, coach to entrepreneurs, and startup mentor with more than 20 years' experience running companies and advising entrepreneurs. Being an entrepreneur is the most difficult job there is. There are no practical guidelines. So join me every week and learn how you can better navigate your entrepreneurship journey and become an exceptional entrepreneur. Hi, thank you for listening. My guest today is Nick Lopez, the founder and steward of Flying Painting Franchise. Founded in 2013 in Colorado, USA, Lime Painting is an emerging franchise brand solely servicing high-end homes and businesses. Nick is also the president of Limelight Outreach, Inc., a social enterprise that gives franchises a platform to give back to their local communities' youth through Limelight's four pillars of knowledge, faith, family, patriotism, and prosperity. Interviews is brought to you by Social Prize, a global remote company that has been providing marketing and communication services since 2005. Their goal? Help you thrive in the new normal. Log on their website to learn more, socialprize.me. Hi Nick, thank you very much for joining the show today. Thank you, it's a pleasure. Let's start. Tell us a little bit about your journey. You bet. Um, I I, uh, started my journey uh, back in uh, 2008. Uh, There in the middle of the Great Recession, but I really wasn't thinking about that. I was uh, purely just going to school. Um, I'm from Denver. I went to Michigan State, uh, out-of-state student. Uh, Come from... uh, a middle-class family, but they were not going to help me with out-of-state tuition. So really just took a bet on myself, um, took out a $500 credit card, uh, took a flight uh, to Michigan uh, with that credit card. And that's how I got to school. Um, right. So the first time I stepped on campus and um, ultimately uh, walked onto the wrestling team was a preferred walk-on. And uh, my freshman year, I uh, took out more credit cards and found myself with uh, no scholarship for wrestling. So I uh, had to uh, quit wrestling and uh, started a paint company called Spartan College Painters. I did that for all five years of school. Um, like I said, it was 2008, 2009 there. Um, yeah. East Lansing, somewhat the suburbs of Detroit, kind of yeah. outer but nonetheless, Michigan as a whole, um, you know, 2008, 2009, uh, it was pretty incredible to, you know, be going through uh, neighborhoods at that time and there'd be, uh, and that there would be uh, foreclosure and foreclosure signs. And, you know, that was just a norm at that time. Yeah. Uh, thankfully, I didn't have much life experience. It would have probably um, invoked a lot of fear in me and Maybe I didn't take action, but, you know, you speed up to the latest pandemic and, you know, we, we also, you know, I, we went from seven to, you know, about six to 60 locations or so about 12, 12 month period. Um, and, and so again, you know, just taking a bet on myself and it's amazing what commitment and, uh, hard work, uh, and just focusing on the behavior, 
and uh, writing your own narrative, not allowing the world to, to write a narrative for you. Um, but nonetheless, had a dilemma back in college. Uh, you know, I wasn't wrestling anymore. That was tough. A lot of my identity was in wrestling. I was a gym rat. My parents put me in three different sports as a kid to keep me from tearing the house apart. I have four kids now and uh, two of them, I, I can see they, they have a similar gene that way. And, um, you know, that's been translated, that was translated through sports and wrestling. Um, and now it's business. So why painting? That's a great question. Um, my dad was a contractor. Uh, right. He was actually uh, um, a concrete ca uh, contractor. So being on a job site wasn't foreign to me. And frankly, there was just minimal barriers to entry with painting, right? I could get a truck and a, and a paint bucket and a paintbrush and I'm a painter, yeah. right? But there were other um, college paint companies on campus. And, um, I, you know, I'd heard about um, what they were doing and how they were doing it and um, you know, I was paying more than what the cafeteria was paying and I had big college bills to pay. So, um, I, uh, you know, I ultimately, uh, started Spartan College Painters and, uh, I looked at, you know, the bigger the house, the, the bigger the college bills, it would help me pay. Little did I know I was stumbling on our niche in the high-end paint space. So I kept hearing things like, Hey, thanks for showing up. Uh, you know, hey, thanks for answering your phone. Hey, thanks for, um, you know, doing a good job. Just very basic things. Right. And then on the front end, I was hearing, are you going to run away with my deposit? Are you going to job hop? Um, right. You know, no. What does that mean? What, why would I do that? Right. And, you know, are you going to uh, do X, Y? And there was just issues with trust on the front end and on the back end, very basic compliments. And so you know, I start getting my business degree. I'm learning about competitive advantage and I'm learning about positioning. And so it just started clicking over the past couple of years, what I was doing, just the opportunity in the market, right? I never thought I would own a paint company. Uh, that never really was something that I planned, but, um, you know, thankfully for my business degree, you know, the hands-on experience that I was getting, um, and kind of just floating around in this niche in the market that was underserved. Um, once I started getting educated, the opportunity started clicking. And then I started looking into national companies that were really focused on um, this underserved client. And, and that's, a, you know, high-end homeowners looking for a quality and reliable painter. It's pretty simple. You became an entrepreneur. Uh, because you had to survive, you had to pay the, the, for the bills. And, but then at the end of school, you could have gone and, you know, find, find a job like in a corporate, in a corporate world, for, for instance. But you continued the journey. So you were hooked <laughs> or you were crazy or it was just like it just made sense to, to, to be an entrepreneur. Yeah, a little bit of everything. <laughs> yeah, that's what most people on my show say. <laughs> but what, 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 when did you know it was, that was it, you, you, find, you found what, what you wanted to do, like you wanted to be an entrepreneur? 
you know, I had to keep talking myself into it. It was a process throughout mm. all of college. Um, initially, I was going to University of Miami, and uh, they had a graduate program uh, in commercial real estate development, and I would also get a JD. And so I was going to do commercial real estate development in South Florida. That was the job title that was appealing that I was going to be doing. And um, and so uh, I was falling in love with this paint company. And, uh, you know, not only was the business opportunity becoming larger and larger, but, you know, there's just something special about working with homeowners. Uh, you know, it's, it's uh, you're in their home at the kitchen table and uh, what's all around you, pictures of the family, the friends, the hobbies. Um, and, and so those are the things you talk about and you get to share about yourself as well. And you build a friendship that's genuine and uh, you get to deliver a, a service along the way and that spreads, that's powerful and that's fulfilling, right? We have a saying, you know, we work in beautiful places for beautiful people with beautiful people. Um, and that's just a good state of mind to be in. Right. Nice. And, yeah. and, and, and so it's just a little bit of a lot of those things coming together. Um, and, and, uh, uh, so falling in love with the in-home consultation process, seeing the business opportunity. And then there's something really neat about these projects that we get the opportunity to do. Um, like I said, we work in beautiful places um, on really neat uh, properties, right? High-end homes. So top third of home values in a market. And, right. and, and so that's instant gratification. Mm -hmm. And so all those things really just uh, stole my heart and stole my mind and all my focus. And, and so you talk about that kid that was in three sports to, you know, not tear the house apart. Uh, you know, franchising has been my obsession. Uh, really, you know, painting has been my obsession for the past 14 years. And uh, about 12 years ago, you know, I knew I was going to franchise right in the middle of college. So I had right. shared. So, so why franchising? Yeah. So a franchise is um it is a is an expansion method right it's a way of uh growing a service or a product um across a large footprint like a country right or a region whatever that footprint is um and so a lot of times what comes with that is uh you know it's a two-way relationship between a franchisor and a franchisee and a franchisor develops the brand, the systems, the training, the process, the winning formula, or as we call it, the Lime way, right? And that's all done for you in a package, right? All the experience, the, the failures, and all, all the development that went into a winning formula is all packaged, done for you. And as a franchisee, you invest in, in a certain protected area that gives you rights to that platform, right? And so you're your own business owner and you license the brand and you get all of the, the lime way or whatever winning way uh, that a franchise is, has built, right? And so every business varies the quality of that winning way, right? And so that's the process of being a franchise partner and going through uh, the discovery process of vetting out brands and finding out what is the best fit for you, not just uh, from the service or product. In fact, you'll find out in most times that you, you don't end up going with maybe what your passion is, but more so what business gives you the, the lifestyle um, and the culture and everything else that, that you're looking for 
Um, and then you can still have your passion, right? Uh, in, a, in addition to um, running your business. And, and uh, that business could come in the form of a paint company, which initially you may not have been thinking, hey, I'm going to own a paint company, right? But um, in that dynamic between a franchise partner and a franchisor, um, there's training, support, technology, ongoing development uh, to, to uh, stay at the cutting edge and competitive. That, those are the responsibilities of a franchisor, mm. right? The responsibilities of a franchisee is to take that winning way into the market and build a business, develop um, a, a, and, and build a, a client base in your market, to go deep in your market. So as a franchisor, you go wide, right? For us, it's nationally across, you know, the United States, um, you know, eventually internationally. But uh, for now, our footprint is the United States. And so we, we as a franchisor, you know, try to, we, we go as wide as possible and our franchisees go as deep as possible. And together we grow the brand value of the Lime, uh, of Lime painting, right? So at the core, those are um, the dynamics of a franchisee, franchisor that make up a franchise system. Right. So then, going back to my first question, why franchising? Well, i i didn't I didn't know about franchising. In fact, I in college went to a mentor of mine and shared with him what I've shared with you throughout this conversation. Mm. Uh, really related to the niche, the void in the market that I. Um, as I learned more about business and, and realized, I shared with a mentor and he said, hey, you should read this book. And, you know, it's called E-Myth Revisited by Michael Gerber. And this book uh, introduced me to franchising and, you know, it talked about roles and process and systems and, you know, ultimately duplicating through uh, the franchise uh, model, right? There's many ways to expand. It could be corporately. Uh, but what I love about franchising is as the, as the founder, the, the Zor of the brand, I could have expanded corporately through franchise. Well, why franchising? For me, um, it was the fact that I would be in business with other business owners. Mm -hmm. And I just thought that was really neat, right? What a, what a neat, you, you can't get that anywhere else. It's just such a unique uh, and special model. And I fell in love with it back then. And um, it was uh, through that book, E-Myth Revisited by uh, Michael Gerber. Right. And you as a franchisor, then the business model changes a little bit then because then you become a, a service provider to the franchises and then the franchises execute the work and find the clients and do the work. Right. Absolutely. Well, let's say let's say I'm interested in a, in a entrepreneurship. I'm, I'm really thinking about setting up a, a business. What are the advantages of buying a franchise versus you know building my business from from scratch? There are very few businesses that are started that are truly revolutionary, mm. right? You know, I think Elon Musk is doing plenty, right? From that standpoint, innovating things for the first time, but. For, for most entrepreneurs or startups, you're starting a business that there are a lot of competitors in your space, which means that they have failed and failed and failed. And what comes with failure? You know, heartache and all that, but the resources and, you know, that's monetary and time and 
Uh, all those things go into finding out a winning formula, what works. And frankly, clients don't really give grace to figuring it out, right? They're going to go with who's figured it out. And, and so that's why 80% of startups fail in their first four years. And those that uh, make it past those first four years, you know, the following four years, 80% of those fail. Business is hard. Creating a business is hard. And the numbers back it up. That's why there's such high failure rates. With franchising, though, it's a totally different ballgame. You know, you can Google it, look up the success rate of franchises. It's quite different than starting one from, your, from scratch. So you get all the benefits of business ownership, the independence, the flexibility, the lifestyle, without all the heartache. Sure, you have to pay for it up front and ongoing, you continue to pay for it through a royalty, but ongoing, you get, addition, you get support and resources for what you're paying for. If you talk to our franchise owners at Lime, there's a lot that you get. You know, it's definitely worth paying your royalty. What do you, what do you get uh, by paying a royalty? Well, first and foremost, uh, a support team, right? So uh, from a marketing standpoint, uh, done for you marketing, mm. right? Whether it's with our national partners or um, new vendors that you're sourcing locally, right? You always have done for you custom marketing ads. That's huge. Uh, on, the on the technology standpoint, we have a whole support team around our technology, uh, whether it's help tickets or um, training. And, and then on the operations side, from a recruiting standpoint, you know, done for you recruiting. We're not making the hires, but all of the turnkey processes to recruit with the coaching and uh, done with you support. And then when it comes to onboarding, having a designated onboarding specialist that walks you through literally all 72 steps of uh, how do I open my line painting business, right? So that concierge through that whole process. And, and so steps you said. Yeah, the, it's, it's called our grand opening checklist. But, oh. you know, when you, when you become a, a new franchise partner at Lime, okay, well, now that I'm an owner, how do I open for business, right? There are some steps that you need to do. Um, and one of which is recruiting and building your sales team, right? Uh, which, as I mentioned, our support team helps you do that, right? So essentially a guide through all stages of you opening your bit from pre-grand opening to launching to ongoing support. And that is just paramount. As a new business owner, there's a lot of uncertainty. There's a lot of questions. But the beautiful thing is in a franchise system, there's plenty of individuals that have the answers that have done it. And we haven't even spoken to the benefits of the franchisees collaborating with one another and the platforms that we've created to create those communities to, to further enhance, how can I be resourceful as a franchise owner so that I can be successful? That's what it's all about, right? Is making our franchise partners successful. How can we shower them with support, right? You can look at it as X and Y of, okay, is my royalty justified? But the reality is it's a matter of, you know, how are we supporting our owners with key elements of their business that matter so that they can be successful? One of which is 
onboarding, right, immediately, but then the recruiting component. Okay, and then when I need to find labor for contracting, you know, we're providing support for that as well. Um, and then our national partners, right, Sherwin-Williams, Benjamin Moore, PPG, those local uh, uh, suppliers that uh, we have partners with, partnerships with, immediately when you open, you have three resources in the market that know subcontractors and know the local market and footprint. You, you can't get that as a startup out of the box, uh, or excuse me, uh, uh, you know, just uh, starting from scratch. Yeah. yeah. Thank you for clarifying. That was, that was very clear. <laughs> yeah. That's the world. That's the world I live in. <laughs> but there is an also another aspect of uh, your, your business model. And I, I mentioned it in my introduction that you created this social enterprise uh, that gives franchisees a platform to give back to their local community's youth. Why, why did you do that? Why is it so important for you? Yeah, I think it's really the how, mm. right? That's important. Success and a winning formula is one thing. It's fun to win and build empires and legacies. Those are all fun things. We all want those things. And to do them in community Right. Those are all special things, but it's the communities that gave us the platform. Right. It's the communities that entrusted us and ultimately led to uh, to a successful business. So how are we stewarding the success? Right. And how are we going about the day to day in the process? And that day to day and process is is uh, people one on one. So how are we interacting with one another, with our clients, our partners, our vendors, the community? Because it matters, and and uh, you know how are we making an impact for good in our community, and that's really what it comes down to. How are we being good painters, and how are we being good stewards of our business and what we do professionally, right? And so um, we call it the Lime Fam, right? And we've talked a lot about the Lime Way, and uh, it's ultimately the Lime Life, but we unite. As, as the Lime fam through our values, right? And our values are love, integrity, mission, and excellence, right? The, the love piece, how are we leading with our hearts um, and being intentional about the relationships and the people? Um, because how we treat people and how we do business matters. Um, and then integrity, right? Showing up, doing a good job, answering our phone, just doing for others what we, we what we'd want done to ourselves, um, and then mission, giving back, right? And that's limelight, um, and and excellence. You know, we're a high performance culture. Um, so again, it's about how can we make things easy for our franchise partners, and and so limelight does that. It creates a turnkey way for you to partner with established nonprofits in your community. Um, for example, we did. A partnership with a nonprofit called Dry Bones here in Denver. Uh, Denver has a pretty high homeless population um, that's grown over the past decade. And we know that that's a concern in our community. And so being that Limelight is focused on the youth, um, you know, Dry Bones uh, works with the homeless youth. And, and so we did uh, a golf outing 
and we featured dry bones. Um, we're doing another golf outing this upcoming year and we'll feature another nonprofit. Um, but Limelight ultimately partnered and, and uh, designed the whole campaign and orchestrated the golf outing. Um, and that was a way for Lime Painting of Denver uh, to, to work through Limelight Outreach and uh, give back. Let's go back and talk about you a little, if you don't mind. What have you learned about yourself through that entrepreneurship journey? Uh, I've learned that it's just, it's amazing that there's a lot of noise. <laughs> and uh, the noise is in your, between your own ears. <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> and, uh, and, and sometimes, you know, that noise can get distorted based on what you put in between your ears. Right. So, you know, the news, social media, whatever it may be, yeah. it's powerful and it's writing a narrative. So be aware of the narrative that you write for yourself because it's simple and it's and it comes down to one very basic thing, which is behavior. And so you can control behavior. You can control daily, consistent behavior, just simple behavior. But when you start compounding and stacking it day after day and you don't take days off, um, and on your bad days, you still show up. It adds up over time. And, you, and then you realize that it's just behavior. Everything else is noise. And so stop allowing the noise to distract you from putting in the behavior, because all that matters is the behavior, the quality of the behavior and the amount of behavior. I like it. So concretely, how does it look like? How should you behave? Stop the noise. Con concretely, just stop the noise. Some tips. <laughs> Yes. Uh, well, uh, turn off social media, right? Turn off the news. Um, you talk about the benefits of a franchise. Well, my gosh, um, can you imagine starting a business, putting everything you have into a new business, and then COVID hits three months later, right? And, and COVID starts with uncertainty, right? We don't know what's going to happen next. Um, that's different for all industries. All I can speak to is our industry and you know, what, what we were able to do uh, was uh, lean in as an organization, turn toward one another and say, OK, let's write our own narrative, um, turn off the news, turn off social media. Um, and, you know, we're an essential business and, you know, we, we have to write our own narrative because, quite frankly, we have no other choice. You mentioned that during the pandemic, you were able to grow from seven to uh, 60 uh, of offices or franchise franchises nationwide is that correct we did yep um yeah. from uh august of 2020 to uh august of 2021 mm -hmm. this is huge that's a big that's a big growth in a very difficult moment um why what do you think were the keys to that success um just uh turning off the the noise and, yeah. and putting in the work right it was uh it was uh, easy to say, okay, well, I'm going to let the narrative of, okay, let's back up and relax be my narrative. It would be easy for me to accept that, but um, that's just not in my makeup. Um, I, have, I have to be in three sports at a time, right? And, and so I have to be go, go, go. And um, maybe because of that, I was able to go, go, go through 2008, 2009 and go, go, go through this latest pandemic and 
you know, as a franchisee, you need that, right? You need a leader who is comfortable in those situations. And yeah, what a, what a situation to be in, in the middle of a global pandemic and 2020 to be the year that we'd been preparing for. Remember back in college, I knew I was going to be franchising and was very intentional about moving to Denver, proving out the business model, um, you know, creating the infrastructure, surrounding myself with the advisors, uh, seeking knowledge and uh, being intentional about the business model. And then 2020 is the year to expand. And um, guess what? You know, the, the world's shutting down and there's tons of uncertainty. And um, 2020 expanding through franchising means spending more than I've ever spent in my entire life on expansion. And so that's what it required was for me to make serious financial investments in March of 2020. Um, in lieu of, you know, not knowing what was coming next. And so nonetheless, um, made those decisions, but they were based on sound due diligence. And so um, knowing that painting is a relatively recession resistant industry, um, you know, and, and having firsthand experience of that in 2008, 2009 gave me confidence um, here in, in this latest um, recession, right? And uh, it was surrounded by a ton of great advisors, right? And, and uh, it wasn't just me, my goodness, I can't even take that credit. Um, and so I was confident in the team that I had around me, uh, most importantly, and uh, felt good with the plan that we had put in place. Um, and, and so uh, we just then moved forward with the behavior right? Once we made the decisions, did the due diligence up front, then it's, a, then, then it's about being intentional about, okay, what am I putting between my two ears, right? And um, how am I focusing on just the execution? Because that's all that's, that's needed right now. Anything else is a distraction. When things get hard, you push harder. Basically, that's what you're saying. It, yes, but smart, Yeah. right? Plan it out first, then, then behave. Yeah. And so, but, but execution is about um, simplicity and efficiency, right? That's the name of the game with execution, simplicity and efficiency. If you had to give one recommendation to other entrepreneurs or startup funders or wannabe entrepreneurs, what would it be? Hmm. I love what Nike's slogan is. It's just do it. <laughs> I am not surprised. <laughs> it's amazing what showing up does. I mean, showing up has changed my life. Yeah. And in and there's so many times when I don't want to show up or there's fear around showing up. Just show up. Just do it. Very nice. Very nice recommendation. One last question for you. How can people contact you? Uh, you can uh, reach out to me uh, through email. That's the best way. Um, Nick at limepainting.com. That's uh, N-I-C-K. Well, or, uh, or LinkedIn. You can find me on LinkedIn, Nick Lopez on uh, LinkedIn. That's a, a great way to connect as well. All right, then. Well, thank you very much, Nick, for your time today. Of course. Thank you. If you've enjoyed this show, don't forget to subscribe to my podcast so you don't miss any episode. See you next time. Bye for now.